sorry if I kept you waiting. I've usually been posting these on Friday, but uh, this particular Friday, my plans were sort of upended when Fox News decided to run my piece and told us so, and then later in the afternoon actually did, talking about uh, Biden's address to the joint session of Congress. I, I made really a relatively obvious point. And it's interesting. I think a lot of my job is making obvious points that other people haven't been saying or we just haven't been talking about. But when I I say stuff, I think about the fact that I'm trying to represent the way 1,500 other rabbis think. And that gives what I have to say an entirely different power. And I've been thinking about that more. And I want to say thank you to you as a listener. It doesn't matter if you're a rabbi or not. The fact that you agree and respond positively to what I have to say, you share the podcast, you get other people to listen, and you just look at my articles and who knows what else, and of course the ones who send gifts to, uh, to support the Coalition for Jewish Values, in all of these cases, you're just enabling uh, that much more power in, in the voice of, of what we say. And I know that my writing definitely benefits from that. There are some people who can just speak their mind. The Dennis Pragers and Rush Limbaugh's and Ben Shapiro's on the conservative side and any number of voices similarly on the liberal side who believe what, what they believe. I mean, Don Lemon and uh, Stephen Colbert and, you know, etc. So I'm not biasing this to one side or the other. It's just there are certain people who have a power where they can say how they feel and they don't care how many people agree or disagree. Whereas, I I don't know, I find it uh, a little more difficult to go ahead and voice my opinion when I think that it's just my opinion. You know, I'll be a little bit tentative about it. I'll say, you may agree, you may disagree, etc. When I'm voicing what I know that thousands of other rabbis agree with, I don't have that same doubt. I don't have that. And, and, and it comes through in my writing. So I want to thank you for being part of that because it, it, it's profound and it's really true. And, and there it is. And again, what I had to say was kind of obvious that President Biden spent 10 minutes in his address to a joint session of Congress talking about hate in America and the need to stamp it out. He talked about uh, blacks and Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders and women, and he never mentioned Jews. Four synagogues in Riverdale were vandalized the weekend before the speech, and they weren't mentioned at all. As one of my colleagues asked in conversation, can you imagine if this were uh, four mosques or four black churches, we would never hear the end of it. And of course, it would have been a leading feature of Biden's speech. Why is it that in all these cases of people who are hated, Jews were never mentioned, especially when you consider, think about how small the Jewish population is in the United States. A Jew is three times more likely to be the victim of a bias crime than any of the groups that he did mention. 
blacks, Asians, Pacific Islanders, women. And of course, I'm, I'm saying I hate all forms of bigotry and all forms of, you know, nobody deserves to be attacked. I don't care who they are and how vile their opinions are. Nobody deserves to be physically attacked at random because of what they believe or who they are or what they say or what they do. None of them. It is never appropriate. But if you're going to start listing off groups, why are you not listing the group that actually experiences more violence per capita by a factor of about three than any other group? And if you're dealing with, I don't think anybody's actually done the stats for this, but Orthodox Jews, like Orthodox Jews in Brooklyn, are vastly more likely to have experienced bigotry or a biased crime of violence against them than literally anybody else, than any other group. Because obviously the invisible Jew is, is on a different uh, sphere, as it were, than the visible Jew. The invisible Jew, meaning the one who dresses and looks just like everybody else, gets attacked in their synagogue. The single Orthodox Jew who dresses and and looks like an Orthodox Jew gets attacked on the street. And you saw it all over Brooklyn. So this is not, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. And it's amazing that Biden would not mention that that Biden would not mention Jews on all a list of groups that have been experiencing hatred and bigotry in this country. And I, I think that it's amazing also that, that nobody spoke about this and nobody called him out on it uh, until we did, and that it was picked up in Fox News, which is an amazing thing and great, and I'm going to link the article for you. But we are saying things that, again, are so obvious and so clear, and yet we have the privilege of, of simply speaking truth to power in a very obvious way at, at a time, given the polarization of society, where we simply have to express our opinion, how we feel, and, and what we see as the real situation. I mean, as I put it in the article, for Asians, and I, you know, again, I'm going to deplore and find disgraceful all of these ridiculous. And I'm sure you've seen the video of some of the attacks on Asians in this country over the past few months, and they're absolutely disgraceful. And they are disgusting. And I'm in favor of a hate crimes act to protect them. But, but for the more frequent Jewish victims of precisely the same random violent assaults, he called to make their religious practices a violation of American statute and to declare their Bible a bigoted document. I mean, think about it. According to the Equality Act, a separate gender wedding is a bias crime. Civil rights legislation is designed to stamp out opinions which we will no longer abide in American society, like racism and sexism, and now they want to use it against believing in the Bible. Because the Bible says there's a separate man and a woman, and a marriage is between one of each, and that's the end of the story. And the Equality Act says if you have a wedding with separate genders, that's a bias crime. It goes right up there with racism and sexism. So there's nothing to protect the Jewish community. And on the contrary, the Equality Act gives state sanction to anti-Semitism. Again, I'm not saying anything which, which shouldn't be obvious to everybody. And then I said, well, you know, you don't just look at what he said in the speech. If you look at who he has nominated for serious high-ranking government appointments, you already know 
you have a lot to worry about. Uh, a lot of ink was already spilled about Meher Bitar, who before before his career began, he was a leader within Students for Justice in Palestine, which is all about, I mean, the real initials SJP is slaughtering Jewish people, because that's actually what they favor if you look at who they honor and what they talk about. Um, and these are the folks that he went to work for after graduation, similar-minded organizations, and he's in charge of intelligence on the National Security Council. Samantha Power just became the uh, administrator of USAID, which is the um, foreign relief organization. And Biden called her a, quote, world-renowned voice of conscience and moral clarity. She was also the former ambassador who helped architect a UN Security Council resolution that declared the site of the Jews' holy temple, the Western Wall, David City, Mount of Olives, Judea, and Samaria to all be, quote, occupied Arab land. A world-renowned voice of conscience and moral clarity who is a fount of knowledge? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? This is what President Biden called the woman who architected Obama's infamous anti-Semitic UN Security Council resolution that declared the land of Israel, the Holy Land, to be occupied Arab land. I mean, I just, you know, there, there we are. President Biden claimed that our intelligence agencies not only regard white supremacy as terrorism, but, quote, the most lethal terrorist threat today. Now, again, I am against white supremacy. White supremacy is bad. White supremacy is evil. Uh, there's also the fact that thought crime is Orwellian. We don't prosecute people for thought crime. We don't prosecute people for having racist thoughts as long as they keep them to themselves. I have a problem with racist expression. I know that there are hateful trolls in the world who have racist beliefs. And as long as they keep them to themselves, I think we, we all benefit from a live and let live attitude. When you start talking about thought crime and you start claiming that the most lethal terrorist threat today is white supremacy? I mean, for, it's not just counter-reality in the Middle East. It's counter-reality right here in America. An awful lot of bias crimes in America today are being committed by racists of color. Now, there's an expression which I just invented. Racists of color. It doesn't, you know, that's, let's understand a simple thing. All human beings are created with the capacity for both good and evil. And that doesn't care. You know, again, unless you are a racist, no human being has the, um, has, has the monopoly on either side of that equation or only possesses one of the above. If you don't acknowledge that a member of a minority group can be a racist, then you are a racist. It's amazing. I mean, once again, the only minority that people acknowledge can be racists are Jews. But then they declare that, that other minorities, because they experience depression, can't possibly be racist. Well, if you look at the crime stats in New York of the random attacks on Jews, and in fact, you look at who vandalized those four synagogues in Riverdale, guess what? He wasn't a white supremacist starting from the very fact that he's not white. 
He can't be a white supremacist because the first, <laughs> the first prerequisite for being a white supremacist is to actually be white. Uh, which, by the way, is my biggest problem with calling the Proud Boys a racist organization and a white supremacist organization because the guy who runs it is named Enrique Tario. Yeah, it's a kind of a problem, you know? But, you know, look at America and look at the fact that in America we claim that Jews are white people, and that includes refugees from Iran, Iraq, and Syria who escaped with the clothing on their back. And now we claim that because they're part of the Jewish community, they're white, they have white privilege, they are on the priv- in the privileged class. But meanwhile, the very people who drove them out, when other Iranians and Iraqis and Syrians come to this country, the families of the same bigots that drove out the Jews... They are proclaimed people of color and therefore members of a persecuted minority. Talk about upending reality. Talk about an inverted planet. It really would have served the case of human rights a lot better if President Biden had talked about woke progressivism on race a little bit less and facing the actual reality of hate in America a little bit more. Inverted Planet is sponsored in memory of Carl Stitzer, and I remain very grateful to the Stitzer family for keeping this project afloat. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure you've subscribed. This podcast is available on all major platforms and all popular Android and iPhone podcast apps. And be sure to spread the word by giving us a five-star rating and telling your friends about the Inverted Planet podcast. Thanks for listening.